So welcome along to Know My Faith. Um, what do we call this? Is this the lockdown podcasts? <laughs> Maybe we're, we're feeling very locked down at the moment. Uh, this is my friend Zohar Gonen from Celebrate Messiah. Uh, Zohar's been up here in the Bay of Plenty speaking at a couple of places. We had a uh, Shabbat meal, a Shabbat evening yes. on Waihi. How was that for you? That I mean, was... For me, I'm going, okay, I'm a... I'm a Gentile trying to explain Shabbat to people. Yeah, it's difficult to pass on like the feeling of it, the the homey feeling that that you have for for a, a tradition like that, because it always reminds you, yeah, this is what we do at home. This is uh, something that's uh, close to our hearts, and to pass that feeling to others, it's a little bit difficult, tricky, tricky, but possible. Well, that's why. And I like you to did a very good yeah, job because I like to combine it with a potluck dinner because yeah. Kiwis are really at home exactly. and comfortable with a potluck dinner. I think everybody likes dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we just bring along lovely food and 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 uh, oh, some nice food there, wasn't there? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a lot of chicken and a lot of. Uh... Yep, and so, so what we did, and uh, so we we it's a potluck dinner, but, but I explain beforehand just a little bit about what the traditional uh, Friday night in the mind of the Israeli, well, not even just the Israeli, in the mind of a Jewish person with, with the two candles, the challah bread and the wine and explain why those are there. That took 10 minutes, so it's not a big deal. Um, and then we ate and had a wonderful time. We sang a couple of songs afterwards and then Zohar spoke on uh, the Sabbath. I, th I think actually the music was really, really a big contribution. You really liked the music? Yeah, liked the guitarist was good? The guitarist was excellent. Uh, <laughs> it was you. <laughs> but I think um, even like on my way to and traveling, I was still singing Ki Koave Loim For God so love the world. Yeah, it's, I love that song. And It's, it's nice. There are, there are a lot of good um, songs out there. So we sing a couple of songs in Hebrew and English. Um, and reminded, and I've got to say this all the time, we, we're not focusing on Israel. We're focusing on Messiah, Jesus. on Jesus, you know, and, and that's the whole thing. But it's, it's trying to pick up, and this is why we talk to people like Zohar, is to pick up uh, the Jewish understanding of the scriptures. And as we say with Know My Faith in the historical and cultural context of the scriptures. I would say like even some people would be quite adamant that this is, uh, you know, if we do Shabbat, it's legalism and it's bad, but but it's a tradition. And I, I think even like Jesus with his family had those traditions. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that um, having that as a family tradition is, is wrong necessarily, unless you're trying to do it religiously. Mm. And, and that's what, you know, when the tradition becomes a law, then that's when things go sour. That's, uh, we were yeah. talking about Steve Schmidt, uh, which you would see in one of our earlier podcasts. He's the, uh, the American Jewish actor for, who had a couple of parts in The Chosen. But he talks very much about that is, is that you, you become Pharisaic, <laughs> you know, and he said um, the one scene that he remembered was uh, they were at Matthew's place when they, Jesus had the dinner at Matthew's place and, uh, and Steve and the other Pharisee were looking through the window um, when Jesus goes on about, you know, learn, learn from Hosea what this means. I, I require mercy, not sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And Steve says, he says, I really don't want Jesus looking at me that way. <laughs> you know, it's convicting. Hey? Yeah, yeah. Um, our, our relationship, our, our faith, everything it should come out, out of our relationship mm. with the Messiah. Yes. Um, so, but no, that was good to have you there. And then you, um, 
You attended our friend Joel uh, Van Amringen's uh, fellowship. You weren't speaking there on Saturday morning? No, just uh, I was just there uh, to say hi to a lot of people that I know. And yeah. I wanted to welcome uh, someone uh, that I met on the airplane, but um, I think there was some other events taking place in okay in town, and so it didn't take place. But that's okay. What do you do at home? Are you um, do you have a Saturday fellowship, or do you have a Sunday church that you go to? No, we go to a Sunday church. Yeah, um, no, no problem there at all to to understand that this is. New Zealand, uh, Sunday is a day off, yeah. and people meet on Sundays, and that's that's uh, the Kiwi culture. I mean, in Israel, we meet on the Saturdays because Sunday is a working day, and you just uh, um, and also Saturdays uh, is the time when people go to the synagogues. So it just makes sense. You, you do a church on a Saturday, um, but um. It's not wrong to worship on any day of the week, for yeah. that matter. You can worship on Sunday, you can worship on Friday, you can worship on Sunday, uh, Saturday. Any day of the week is a blessed time to worship the Lord corporately or individually. And I don't see anything wrong with that. Yeah. But Shabbat, Shabbat is Saturday. We're going to yeah, yeah, yeah. Shabbat and Saturday. It was, it was the, the, Sabbath. The, the, the church that moved it and said, oh, no, the Sunday is the new Sabbath. But it's not. Saturday is no, no. the Sabbath. Yeah, Saturday. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I was I was surprised the other day somebody because when we were talking about this um, on Friday night I think is I've always said that there's nothing in the Bible that that requires corporate worship on the Sabbath and then somebody pointed out this verse in Leviticus 23 where God says where he, he runs through the feasts starting with the Sabbath and going through Passover and the rest of them and he says the Sabbath is a day of no rest it's a holy convocation I'm going. Where did that come from? You know, surely I've read this before. But we, when we were talking about it in the car on the way over to Waihe, yeah. so you were you were looking it up in your Hebrew. Yeah. So it doesn't doesn't actually mean necessarily a corporate, uh, corporate gathering. Worship. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a corporate gathering. The idea was to hold call it, to call it a holy uh, day, a holy uh, event, um, and by naming it, you respect. Uh, the idea is to respect that there is a holy um, or separated unto the Lord. And um, some, in some cases, uh, during those times, people would meet together in the temple. That's the feasts, the three major feasts. Um, but with Saturday, it, it didn't seem to indicate there is a meeting taking place at all. And um, actually, it says in all your dwelling places. So dwelling places is your home. Yeah. Um, so that's basically, and that, I mean that's, uh, and again with the the whole um, Sabbath thing with the Jewish people, it's it's very much a family event. It's it, it's right. it's not like a, um, you know, you think about some churches, and I, I think about churches that when I was growing up, it was very very strict religious. Do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, and whilst you know, as we talked about those elements of the candles and the the wine and the the challah. Uh, bread, there's the elements in it, but it's it's a time to just to chill out as family. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we do it with board games. We we play board games here. Um, my youngest son is still living with Sharon and me, and he says, "What are you doing, Dad?" I'm going, "Yeah, he wants a board game." You know, it's just relaxing and being together and honoring God in that. Yeah, and think one of the you can't fault people that want to meet on Saturday, and that's kind of what their hearts desire and to feel. Uh, that's the right thing to do and 
you can't fault them there. Um, I mean, if they're worshiping on a Saturday, it's great. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and I, I know a lot of people will go to the book of Acts and say, well, the disciples they meet, they met on the first day of the week. Yeah. And obviously it makes sense because on the Saturday, in those days, um, and even in today in the religious, among the religious Jewish people, you can't travel um, away from your home to a certain uh, distance. You can only go so far. Exactly. Yeah. So if you're going to have a meeting somewhere in town, not many people could come and join you if it's on, on a Saturday. So it could have been after the Saturday's finish, meaning Saturday night, and it was already the first day of the week. Yeah, yeah. And that's the other thing is because the Jewish day starts in the evening. Yes. So they And it does say that they did go to the temple in Jerusalem. They continued to, to fellowship yeah. at the temple. Yeah. But the, the Sabbath finishes at, call it, 6 o'clock on Saturday night. So yeah. the, the fact that they met on the first day could have been Saturday evening. That's right. After the, you know. We always found it funny in, in, um, when we were over in Israel because uh, what did we have, I think, five, five Sabbaths over there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, you look at during the day on Saturday, nothing is happening. Yeah. And, and then five o'clock, it's like, you know, Times Square. <laughs> it's just everything, everything opens up again. Yeah, that's, that's more like Jerusalem and areas where there's yeah. a lot of religious people. There's, in Tel Aviv, it's like... It's day in and day out, uh, action all the time. It's uh, the city that doesn't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> it was certainly an interesting city. Um, so what were you talking about this, this morning? So you're speaking at the uh, Waihi Baptist Church this morning? Yeah, so um, I, I, I was thinking how to connect the Old Testament to the New Testament in a way that would... Um, encourage people to be ready for the second coming. Yep. Um, I think one of the most important things that we need to think about in our lives is, are we ready for his coming? And um, I think one of the ways we can discern and, and see if we're ready is if Jesus comes back in one hour, whether we're going to say, wait, wait, don't come yet. I have just this, you know, cooking on the stove or... You know, I just got married, I just had yeah. uh, just this business out. started, uh, whatever it is. Uh, we sometimes forget that what we do here on earth is temporary and, and we don't want to advance our kingdom that we're building, we want to advance God's kingdom. And so uh, the, the best thing for us is to still do these things, still get, getting married, having children. Yep. Um, all that is... is uh, not prohibited. I mean, it's a blessing. But, you know, understanding that everything we do here is, is temporary. And if, we, if we're in a place that we know that Jesus is coming and everything else is temporary and secondary, I should say, then there's no, there will be no issue with Jesus coming back. But you will become a nuisance to many of us that... Um, don't do these things with the mindset of Jesus can come in any yeah. moment. Yeah, yeah. I was um, listening to, um, to, ironically, just when you talk about end times, uh, Arnold Fruchtenbaum's amazing book, Footsteps of oh, the yeah. Messiah, 
which which I narrated, right? And and we're looking at doing a, a video series on that. And so I think, gosh, I, I need to do my research. So I find myself walking around now listening to myself reading the book, you know, which is kind of weird. Um, but he he talks about, um, you know, Jesus says, like, I'll come like a thief in the night. If for the world, it will be completely unexpected and unlooked for. But for those that are believers, it shouldn't be as much unlooked for or unexpected. Well, anticip anticipated. Anticipate, yeah, yeah. We should yeah. have it anticipated. Um, so that's what I was uh, talking about. Of course, I tied the Old Testament with the New because many people think, oh, the Old Testament is obsolete. We don't yeah. need to look into that. We need only to look in the New Testament. But you really can't separate <laughs> the New Testament from the Old Testament. They're one book and one story that goes through the entire... You know, we need the full counsel of God. Yeah. We can't just uh, pick and choose. I remember a guy one time. I don't know if you've got it in your Bible there, because it's a Hebrew, it's a Hebrew English one, isn't it? Yeah. Um, he said, "There's a page in your Bible that has three words on it. Tear it out. Tear it out. Yep. You know what the three words are? No. The New Testament. <laughs> he says it's the only three words on the whole page. He says, rip that page out. You don't need it. It's one book. <laughs> oh, okay. You know, because we, we do. We we for for most of the Christian world, we use the New Testament. That's that's our faith and our teaching, and the Old Testament is reference. <laughs> that's that's a problem. It is a problem, isn't it? The the Old Testament can't be a reference to the New One because it was written before the New One. <laughs> and uh, if you're going to read the Bible, you read it from start to finish, not from finish to start. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You, you, you're not watching movies from the middle of the movie. You start from the beginning. It, it doesn't yeah. make sense. Yeah. The, I mean, one of the things that um, online, I'm a member of a lot of different Christian groups and Messianic groups online, although I'm not Jewish. I have no Jewish blood. As, as I say to people, I'm, I'm Pakiha on mum's side and yeah. Palangi on my dad's side. And people go, what's Palangi? I go, well, that's Pacific Island talk for Pakiha. Mm. So on this side, I'm white. On this side, I'm white. That's it. I've, I have no Jewish blood, no nothing else. But I'm still a member of these different groups, the Messianic believers and things. And the the mistakes that people make. There was one uh, discussion that I'm in at the moment, where even the moderators of the group are saying, "No, Jesus is the Son of God. He's not God." So somebody had posted up a little thing. It's sort of like a Dr. Seuss thing, where you know when Jesus says, uh, "You and me and us and them." In John 17, they make a little play on that. And the moderator of the group says, no, 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 Jesus isn't God. He's the son of God. I'm going, heck. Yeah. Well, um, here's the thing. You see, the, it's true that Jesus is the son of God. I mean, it's, it's a truth from the scriptures, yes. you know, First John. Um, however, what do they mean by, by when they say he's, he's not God, he's only the son of God? And that's what worries me. And um, if they mean by that as Jesus is uh, created and he's not uh, who he claims he is, meaning he's not divine, um, then our <laughs> our faith is is basically in the in the shambles yeah. because um, we need a a high priest <laughs> that that is divine that is interceding for us forever, not. Um, we we can't rely on a created being 
yeah. to save us. And then God said many times, you know, it's um, in Isaiah 42 and Isaiah 48, God does not share his glory with another. Yeah. And uh, if and and then and then when Paul says that with Jesus he his name will be the name above all names, that everybody will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You go well. Hang on. Then if he if he's not God Almighty, then God is sharing his glory with someone else. Exactly. Yeah. So he basically, um, you know, God turns out to be not the savior, but um, someone who whom God created is the savior. Yeah, that's a big problem. Yeah. And, uh, well, what I what I did is I because I know this group, um, so I used Old Testament prophecies and word, and I pointed to two of them. I said in uh, Isaiah, I keep forgetting nine. Not is it nine? Yep. For unto us a child is born. Yep. Right. I said, look at the names. Yep. Right. This is everybody, even the most orthodox, ultra orthodox Jew in Israel, acknowledges this is a messianic passage. Yep. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and he shall be called wonderful. wonderful. Well, number one, the noun wonderful is never used in the Tanakh except meaning God. It's used as a as a verb, but when when so I got this from Fruchtenbaum again. <laughs> um, when used as a noun, it only ever refers to God. His name, wonderful counselor. What's the next ones? Um, mighty mighty God. God and everlasting Father, Father Prince is, of so, Peace. So the Messiah is going to be called Mighty God, Everlasting Father. Yeah, I just so wanted to point out that. Um, those pairs of words cannot be separated. You can't say he's wonderful and then he's a counselor. Oh, it says wonderful counselor. Yeah, it has to be in, in the gram grammar. The Hebrew doesn't allow those words to stand on their own. They have to be paired. All right. So wonderful counselor, prince of peace, so mighty God, everlasting father. So wonderful is not used as a noun. It's used as an adjective. Exactly. Yeah, okay. But the other one is um, in uh, Zechariah 12. Yes. Where God, it is so obvious that Hashem, God Almighty, Yahweh is speaking. That's right. And he refers to Isaiah 53, they will look upon me whom they have pierced. Mm -hmm. Who's the pierced one? Yeah. Jesus. But this is God the Father speaking, That's God right. Almighty saying, they will look upon me whom they have pierced. And you go, well, how can you not say, or how can you say that Jesus isn't God? Let, let me give you even a, another reference that I think will be very helpful. That's in Isaiah 48, verse 16. And in Isaiah 48, uh, verse 16, it's, uh, it's absolutely astounding. <laughs> um, and, it's, and it says basically uh, this, Come near to me. Listen to this. From the first I have not spoken in secret. From the time it took place, I was there. And now the Lord God has sent me and his spirit. Hang on. Like the person who's talking is God. Is God. And then God says God. And God, me. and he said, God has sent me and his spirit also participated in sending him out. Yeah. The, send, the, the one that was sent. Now, if you look in the context, you will see that he's talking in the context about God. Uh, he said in verse 12, Listen to me, O Jacob, even Israel, whom I called. I am he. I am the first. I am also the last. Yeah, which refers again, if you go to Revelation, exactly. where Jesus says, I'm the Alpha and Omega. Exactly. Uh, so we, we know that the person who's speaking is, is God, and, and yet God has 
send sending yeah. out God. <laughs> can can you say? I mean, and I got to got to be careful saying this. The, the early church did not have the New Testament. The early church wrote the New Testament, but the apostles wrote the New Testament. Yeah. So when they met together, when they studied the scriptures, they used the, the Tanakh, Testament. the Old yeah. Testament. So you could almost say, and again, I'm, I'm being careful with it, you could almost say we don't need the New Testament to find out about God, to find out about Jesus. That's right. And then if, and if you, we look at, at, at uh, the Pharisees, when Jesus said that God he was his father, uh, they picked up stones to throw at him because he yep. was blaspheming. And what they understood him saying that I am God, I'm divine. Yeah. Well, obviously, the son of God means part of God, integral part of God. Yeah, and this, in this discussion and online, they're, what they're saying there, it be, because they're saying Jesus isn't, no, no, he didn't actually say that. That's what they interpreted him to mean. And you go, no, 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 he, he blatantly said. Yeah. Yeah, and they understood that he said it, and they understood, and they wouldn't throw stones at something that uh, was not clear. They, under, yeah. they, threw, they would throw stones for something they perceived as clear, uh, blasphemy as yeah. far as they were concerned yeah so yeah no uh, that's that's dangerous and i think one of the the warnings of first john is that um you can't separate the son from the father no uh, it's the father and the son if you don't understand um that the father and the son are one if you don't understand that they're one uh integral to, to together um you cannot have fellowship. Yeah, I think part of it is, and again, this is what I'm loving discovering. It's, it's, and it's what you talked about before with those two words, wonderful counselor, you can't separate them. So we need to know more than just our English translation. In 1 John, is it 1 verse 7, where, where John says, you know, he that denies that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh yeah. is antichrist. That's right. Um, and so, okay, so all he's saying is, all he's saying is people that deny that Jesus was a real human being he goes, no, no that, that actually is not what he's saying because it, we could interpret or we could put in there in parentheses all those that deny that Jesus Christ is God come in the flesh. That's what, that's what he's saying, but we don't get that coming through in the English. Yeah, First um, John 1, it says, that which was from the beginning, that which we have seen and heard, we proclaim it to you. So yeah. you can have fellowship with us. The idea is that um, that which was from the beginning and that which they have seen and heard and their hands have touched and um, they heard him uh, and lived with him and heard the, the audible voice yeah. from God from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. They testify to the fact that he was both God and man and they, you know, when they went with him, the, the three disciples, among which John, yep. one of them, seeing the mount on the Mount of Transfiguration. That's right. Um, the divine nature. It's absolutely, you know, um, making John angry. He starts that, that with straight off, like, I, I hear the anger. That yeah. which was from the beginning. And he's an old man. And... He very angry with the false doctrine that uh, coming through and saying, oh, Jesus couldn't possibly be um, in the flesh. He must have been either a phantom 
uh, a ghost type yeah. of thing, or or he he was human, but he wasn't divine. Uh, yeah, that's the that's the thing. If if Jesus is God, this is their thinking. Mm -hmm. If Jesus is God, mm -hmm. then he can't have been in the flesh. He must have been a, a spirit that was visible in human, you know, in that's, human that's form. The... If he was really human, then he can't have been God. That's their argument. That's the philosophy of Gnosticism. Gnosticism yeah. um, basically say that everything spiritual is pure and everything fleshly is evil, and spiritual and flesh cannot coexist in in one person. Yeah. And to which Jesus goes, yo. <laughs> Yeah, the, that philosophy is wrong. It's not. It's not uh, biblical. It's not yeah. even Jewish, and um, it's not uh, something that we can uh, dismiss and say, "Well, you know what? If if uh, for you Jesus is not divine, it's no no worries. It's it's a big deal." Yeah, because he he, he the, the whole of Christianity hinges on the fact that God became flesh. Yeah lived among us and died for us. So that's something I actually spoke about today um, in the morning, and I used uh, Psalm 8 to indicate that God was saying, um, what is man that you remember him and the son of man that you visit him? And you, you say, well, what do you mean visit? Yeah, it says like physically coming to visit human beings. Yeah. So how can God, who is a spirit, coming physically to to visit human beings uh, in in the time of need. And the next verse, uh, you have made him lower than the heavenly beings, basically saying you have demoted him yeah. uh, under to be under the rank of heavenly beings. And that means that before he was demoted, he was... He must have been over. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. So Put two and six together and get eight. So you can't get around it. You, you can... You can say, well, I'm not going to say Jesus is God. I'm going to only say that he's son of God. But if you mean by that, that he's God, that's fine. But if you mean by that, that he's not God, uh, that's bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, part of it is the, the I, think, I think Jewish people, Orthodox Jewish people, have a higher regard for God. I'd be careful saying this than most Christians. Yes. For, for God's holiness, yes. and and part of that is because the Holy Spirit does dwell within us. But we, I mean, um, Israel Harrell, who I'm hoping to get onto a, a Zoom podcast soon, uh, wrote his wonderful book Into the Rest, which talks about the rest that God. And you spoke about this on on Friday night at the Shabbat meal, the rest that God has for us. Mm -hmm. um, he also talks about the the whole tabernacle thing. And as I was going through his book and looking at it. And I'm going, you know, what God says to Moses, he says, you know, I've called you out of Egypt. He says, I, I will come and I will dwell amongst you. Mm -hmm. But we have a problem, right? I am a holy God. You're a bunch of dirty, filthy, rotten sinners. Mm -hmm. I, I can't come and dwell amongst you. Yep. Because my holiness would break out and destroy we'll you. Will consume you, yeah. yeah. We'll so to make this happen, right? Build me a tabernacle, separate it off, right? Mm -hmm. So that the general populace can't get inside the, the, the curtains. Mm -hmm. The priests are only ones into the holy place. High priest once a year come into the holy of holies yeah. and, and I will dwell there in amongst your iniquity. Yeah. 
and you've got to do all of this covering. And I said to somebody the other day, I said, you know, whoever saw yep. the Ark of the Covenant? Only the, the high priest. The high priest. On one day a year, he goes in once to cover his own sins, once for the sins of the people. Now we, you know, we see pictures. We've got Facebook, Google. We've got you know Google image. You know, people do for the for the Israelites traveling through the wilderness, and and even later when they're in Canaan and the, you know it's Israel, nobody really ever saw the Ark of the Covenant, the dwelling place of God on earth. There was a time when the Ark of the Covenant was uh, out in the Ob open during yeah, yeah, during David's time, and yeah. well, we're we're a bit like yeah. like Uzzah. <laughs> you know, um, and and again, this is where you need to, re, you know, the Ark of the Covenant was. It, I think it was Obed Edom's place, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So the Ark of the Covenant was there for twenty years. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. uh, to me, I think Uzzah, and if you don't know the story, what happens is David goes down he uh, to bring the Ark up to Jerusalem. Yeah. He puts it on a cart. Um, the one of the wheels. The one of the wheels goes over a bump, and Uzzah puts his hand out to to steady. Uh, stop the Ark of the Covenant falling off. I love what somebody said. He said, he says, um, he says, Uzzah assumed his hand was more holy than the ground. <laughs> but anyway, God knows no, God says, no, I told you not to touch it. And, and, and uh, Uzzah, he kills Uzzah. But it had been in his house for 20 years. Complacency comes in. And I think in our hearts as Christians, sometimes we go, well, we've got, you know, God isn't as holy. You know what I'm trying to say? I totally get it, and I'll, t I'll tell you moreover. Um, you see, the, in Jewish understanding, God is so holy that nothing compares with him. You can't place an object of worship side by side with God. God is the only one who deserves worship and adoration. So why is it in the Bibles it says that in the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord? Yeah. How can, can God require worship to someone who's not him? Well, he can't. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you're worshiping something other than God is, is uh, idol worship. Yeah. So basically people who... And God's certainly not mandating idol worship and worship. Never. No. He, and he says, I'm not going to share uh, my glory with idols. Yeah. Um, and uh, this is this is very uh, severe. If we're going to worship the Lord Jesus, and and um, without regarding Him as divine, yeah, uh, that would mean that we're idol worship. That would be idolatry. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, the the the, the Orthodox Jews they won't even pronounce the name of God. Yes. If if they spell it in English, it's G hyphen D. They won't even write the name of God. Yeah, uh, they would say Hashem. Also, when in Hashem, a, which Hashem means, means the name. The the name. Yeah. And they wouldn't say what the name is, yeah. <laughs> and they would say the name. And the idea is that if we're having a conversation that is not in the midst of prayer or reading from the prayer book or reading from from the uh, readings in the Torah, um, people would uh, reluctant or will avoid saying the name of God because that will for them mean um, saying God's name in vain. Yeah, because it's not in, in the context of... Of, of, uh, of um, formal yep. uh, prayer or formal reading of the Torah. But we have so lost that. In, in, to me, in our... In our in our modern Christian world, 
we have lost that awe and respect for God. Yeah, it has to be balanced, though, um, because, um, of course, in the Jewish world, um, God not only is um, revered and respected, but also uh, there's another uh, element to it, and God is uh, far distant. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't want to feel uh, separated from God and to be in a place of only uh, relating to God in a, in a way that uh, Jewish religious yeah. people would because Because he's no longer tabana tabernacling yeah. in the tabernacle in the Holy of Holies mm -hmm. through Emmanuel, God with us. Yeah. He's now tabernacling. Inside right. me, so so there is yeah. a, there is a place to relate to God as close, as as a friend, as a as someone who is helping us in the time of need, uh, and both both ends has to be held very highly, meaning the the reverity uh, to God and respect to God, and also the the closeness, the the close relationship with yeah. Him. Uh, we shouldn't lose that, and that's that's the other side of the coin. So those has to be balanced. Um, and what you what I hear you saying is that in our churches it's not balanced. It's all, you know. Um, Somebody said once we've we've exchanged Almighty God for our matey God. Yeah. So he's like Santa Claus that uh, gives you all the gifts, yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know you put the coin in the machine and your prayer, and you get the can coming yeah. out. So, so that yeah, we said well, we start singing that Doobie Brothers song. Jesus is just all right with me. You go, yeah, well, that's fine, but He's also Almighty God, yeah. and, and you need to remember that. Yeah, that, that, that your your best friend Jesus, the lover of your soul, Jesus, mm. is also Yahweh. Who you know, so, somebody said, um, they said you're prepared. You, you know, you think you can? No, they said the sun. If you look directly into the sun, it will blind you. Yeah. Right? It's whatever it is, 63 million kilometers away. Yeah. And you think you can just rock up into the presence of the one that made the sun? <laughs> oh, actually, interestingly enough, you know, um, people, you know, we pray and we talk to the Lord Yeshua, to Jesus, and we um, we kind of, in our back, the back of my, our minds, we envision him to be you know, the person that we meet in the chosen or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when when you read the book of Revelation, he speaking about the sun. He's yes. as bright as the sun. Yeah, and uh, the his appearance is terrifying. Well, and I mean, we're we're talking about friendships, friendship with God here. This is John, the beloved disciple, the one who reclined on Jesus's breast at the Last Supper. Yeah. Of the of the the big the top three, Peter, James, and John. John was Jesus' best friend on earth. Well, he, is, he was the disciple yeah. whom Jesus yeah. loved. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yet when he sees Jesus on the island of Patmos, mm -hmm. he doesn't go, hey, bro, nice to see you back. <laughs> he falls on his face in fear. Yeah. Yeah, that's... You know, it's, it, the, the, there's, there's, there's a tension there, but we, we've got to have both. We've got to have... I think... Almighty God, and we've got to have you know uh, the lover of our souls. One of the things we need to know and remember is who are we worshiping and whom were we standing before? It's it's um, it's a 
frightening thought to be standing before the owner of everything we, we yep. possibly see and beyond, the things that we can't see, the owner, the, you know, the big boss of everything. And it's like, yeah, we're standing in front of him saying, matey, what's happening? And like, I mean, yes, he's a friend, but we, we lost that reverence yeah. as well. Yeah. You, you're well, right. Uh, we lost the balance. I don't know whether you own your home or, or like us, you rent. But and we're friends out. You know, we have we have Christian landlords, which is great, and we get on really well. Uh, and if you see in the background, we're actually living on a uh, an avocado orchard at the moment, so they're here you know, quite regularly. But uh, do you no, get avocados? Sorry, do you get to eat? Well, well not at the moment, no, because oh. the trees have been so heavily pruned. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, we get we get some avocados. We we get the ground, the the ones that fall on the ground. But um, you know, imagine you didn't look after the property, and and you know the the gutters were all falling off, and this that you know and and the landlord turns up, he goes, hey, Zoha, how are you? Here he's going. Well, he's going, I'm just looking at my house, um, Rob. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 do you want a cup of coffee? Come on in, everything's fine. Well, actually, no, we need to talk about a few things. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, you can sit down, have a coffee, have a meal. I mean, um, the, our landlord preaches at our church and, and um, not a problem. It's great, you know, and as brothers, Christian brothers and sisters, we get on well, but I've still got to remember he's the landlord. Yeah. And we have to remember that Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit who dwells within us are almighty God. Yeah. And I, um, I think we, we did lose a sight of that. We, lose, we lost the sight of Jesus uh, as bright as the sun and his voice is like the voice of many waters. Yeah. And, and uh, the the shininess of uh, bronze coming through, uh, his eyes are like flaming fire. I mean, <laughs> that's an awesome sight. Yeah, yeah but uh, very terrifying. We lost that, that. I don't think you rock up to someone like that. No, I mean, I had. Um, I always like thought, what what does the sound of many waters sounds like? And I was like, you know, I was um, standing and. Um, uh, the on the bridge over the the hookah falls okay yep yep and it's like the noise of the that. the rumbling of the that water is like it's almost like vibrating um it's terrifying you know you 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 stand there and you just imagining yourself falling into <laughs> into the water well i i think of um we were just reading the other day um about uh the israelites at the mountain when they came to, to Mount Sinai. And it talks about how the, the trumpet, the shofar of God started blowing. Oh, yeah. And it just kept on going and going and going and getting louder and louder. You know, imagine, I mean, they weren't even anywhere near the mountain. And this is trumpet is getting louder <laughs> and louder and louder and louder. And, it's, you know, it's, it's God showing, showing his holiness and, and from that comes to me comes the fear of the Lord. When you, you you do not get the fear of the Lord from and and no disrespect to the chosen. I think that's a brilliant TV series. Oh, yeah, yeah. The worst thing about you know the worst thing about the chosen. Not going to see a new episode until about April next year. <laughs> it's just so frustrating. Um, but while while Jonathan is a roomie, um, while he plays a very good Jesus, you know, and a very real Jesus. I didn't um, even know what his name was. Yeah, yeah, his name's Jesus. <laughs> no, oh, the actor, right? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not Jesus. It's <laughs> no, Yeshua. Yeah, sure. Oh, let's not go there. Um, 
but while he plays a very relatable Jesus, it's not a, it's not a, apart from the incident for Steve Shermet when Jesus looked at him and said, learn what the scripture means. It's not a Jesus that you fear. That's right. Right. And the, I mean, the Bible says that in the end times, we will have lost the fear of the Lord. And I think even as Christians, if, if you don't have that in you, that fear of the Lord in you, and it's not, it's not just being scared God's going to zap you for doing something wrong, but it's, it's, it it's is reverence. a fear and a reverence and an awe that just goes, oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'm thinking about uh, Isaiah in chapter 6. He was uh, uh, in, in front of the throne of, of yeah, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, he was standing there, uh, woe to me, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm dead, I'm dead. Yeah, yep. it's, and it's like you're thinking, oh, it's how wonderful it will be in the presence of God. But it's, uh, you know, for human beings, it's terrifying. And that's an amazing thing because um, here's Isaiah, the prophet, you know, I'm Isaiah. <laughs> hey, you know? And then he sees God and he goes, I'm dead. I'm just as sinful as everyone else. Yeah. And then, and when he, so once he recognizes that, and then the angel gets the, the, the coal with the tongs and comes and puts it on his lips. Because the words Isaiah says is, I'm a man of unclean it's lips, and I live amongst the people of unclean I'm just as bad as them. Mm -hmm. So the angel comes, touches his lips, says, I've cleansed your lips. I've taken away your sin. Mm -hmm. right? I've cleaned you. And then God says, who will I send? And Isaiah says, you've got to send me. Right? Because A, I've just seen who you really are. Right? And I'm still getting over that, but you have to send me to them because I've now, mm. you know. Here I am, send me. Yeah, to me, that's part of the fear of the Lord thing. I think one of the other uh, really interesting bits that I, I saw in there is that Isaiah didn't hear the, the voice of the Lord until his sin was dealt with. And then he heard... That's interesting, yeah. 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 Uh, I think it's, uh, it just shows us that we, in order to be in touch with God... <laughs> Yeah, uh, to hear his voice, to to be able to relate to him, you know, we can't uh, we can't come to him with our with sins on our hands. You know, the, the scriptures Isaiah fifty nine one and two: the Lord's hands is, is not shortened and it cannot save, or his ear dull that it cannot yeah. um, hear. But your sins have made a separation between you and your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so he does not hear. You put that. You you've put your own wall of separation up. Your own. Your the own, sin is yeah, separating us yeah. from hearing God, and you know the the, you know my nation, the Jewish people. Um, we are in that state yeah. of being separated from God because we have no solution for our sin, apart from Yeshua, apart from the cross. There is no altar. There is nothing we can you know possibly do. I mean, uh, Jewish people think that they can pray, they can give charity. All sorts of things, but you know, there's no atonement. No, there's no no, and so no covering at all. So no wonder there's no there is a separation. There is a veil that the Jewish people can't hear God, which is why we continue to pray that not only the Jewish people but the people that we come across and meet will see Him in us and come to Him. And, and that first step, I mean, John says it in one John one nine, you know, if you confess your sins, that we've put up this wall of sin between us and God. And John says, if you confess your sins, which is what Isaiah did, I'm a man of unclean lips, God will cleanse you of them, mm -hmm. wipe them completely, that separation is gone mm. in Jesus. 
I think I need to get you back to uh, your accommodation. You've had, a, you've had a long weekend all the way from Friday. It's now well, it was lovely afternoon. chatting with you, yeah. <laughs> nonetheless. Um, uh, it's a beautiful day. We do need to talk about um, next time, at least, um, the work of Celebrate Messiah yeah. uh, here in New Zealand. We're kind of run out of time. But you can check out Celebrate Messiah on the web. We'll put the link underneath here or above uh, with the podcast. Uh, make sure that you like and connect and cr click the bells and all those sorts of things so that you uh, catch up on the latest and... Mm. Um, We'll get you in the car and drive you home. God bless.